taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through it. Now, let's start this journey together. What's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you all had an amazing weekend. Um, we're going to hop right into it because this week's topic is actually pretty amazing and something that I had the um, blessing of meeting another person and someone who she doesn't struggle with addiction and she doesn't struggle with um, codependency, but um, she is someone who is absolutely in for the women's empowerment area and if you are not a female this absolutely doesn't have to do with anything other than um the topic of sobriety that I'm going to be talking about this woman is just someone that I met and who has some really great thoughts her name is Robin she has her own website it's robinthinks.substack.com um, and she talks about everything from sex to sexuality, church, religion, healthcare, self-care, wellness. Um, and when I met her, she told me that um, she was writing a book called 12 Steps for Everyone Else. And because she's not an addict, because she's not an alcoholic, she realizes that a lot of people outside of addiction have a lot of the same issues. Hence where we talked about a while ago, Celebrate Recovery, right? And Celebrate Recovery is absolutely amazing. It's wonderful, especially for me as a Christian. I really like being able to relate my recovery into trusting in God and his path for me. But the part that she and I actually started talking about, which I found very interesting and something that I had never thought of before, um, was we talked about the higher power. And we talked about how when we get into AA, when we get into a recovery program, it talks about in in the big book, and I'm sure in other 12-step books as well, that um, we have a higher power to help us through the program, right? And it even says that in step, it even says right in the steps, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity and made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And she and I were discussing back and forth the different concept of a higher power. And I had told her that for me personally, my higher power is God. My higher power is, for me, the Christian God. You know, um, Jesus and who he is as God's son. And that's my higher power. But I do not 
by any means expect anyone to subscribe to the same higher power, nor do I expect anyone to be a Christian. Um, I do believe that there are and know that there are other people of faith in recovery. Um, there are also Native Americans who are in recovery. There is also the belief of um, Father God and Mother Earth. There are the um, four elements. There are um, the astrological signs. I'm not saying that you have to pick one of those. You can have a different higher power. A lot of people use the program as a higher power. And that is absolutely 110% acceptable. There are a lot of people that come into AA that are atheists, that um, are agnostic, who don't particularly have a belief, who don't have a system of hope, who don't have a place that they call church. And so I just found it really interesting and important that she and I started to discuss the different concepts of a higher power. And something that really clicked with me as she and I were talking was I had mentioned that my sponsor isn't necessarily my higher power, but my counselor, my preacher, my sponsor um, are all people that I have to help me through the program. And she made a very good point and something I kind of wanted to discuss today. We have put so much faith in people and in individuals. And by putting our faith and hope in individuals, like you've heard me talk about before, we tend to step away from our program. We tend to latch on to people who are healthy or toxic and we end up in codependent relationships and unable to function on our own. So when we talk about having a higher power, I want you to be very careful with your relationships in AA. We are already struggling to come to terms with the fact that we have a problem. We are already coming to terms with the fact that we have a disease that could kill us. We are already coming to terms with the fact that we have left a railroad disaster um, of life behind us. And so when we come into the program and we are talking about getting a sponsor and a higher power, those two should not be interchangeable. Neither should your counselor, neither should your priest, neither should your pastor. A human being should not be your higher power. Because when we pedestalize people, when we put them up on a platform, we are giving them the opportunity to fail us. And what do we already have problems with in alcoholism and addiction? We have problems with expectations, right? Our expectations are up here, okay? And humans are below expectations, correct? So then when those humans don't meet those expectations, we are left heartbroken, angry, frustrated, 
We are left feeling like we are alone, that no one gets us. And that's just simply not the case. So this whole idea of a higher power and sponsorship is truly a double-edged sword. A sponsor is someone who will take you through the program, who will help you do all the steps, who will help you through all those difficult times that you are dealing with, and who will be there for you when things are good, when things are bad, be there for you um, to give you your chip, be there for you um, to walk you through the steps, uh, your four-step, fifth step, remind you of things that you need to do. That is what your sponsor is for, okay? Your sponsor is not your higher power. That does not mean that you can't rely on your sponsor for help, okay? But the only kind of help you can rely on your sponsor for is the help to get you through the program in and of itself. If you create a friendship with your sponsor, that's fine. I have a slight friendship with my sponsor, but I more or less have a parent-child relationship with my sponsor. Not only is she older than me, but she also, we have that parent-child relationship because she has 37 years of sobriety and I am 41 years old and I only have 12 years of sobriety. So in reality, she has a lot more experience than I do. She has a lot more to help me with. The one thing or one things or a couple of things, however you choose to look at it, I never do is ask her to do something for me outside of a ride. I never ask her for money. She is not a bank. And I never rely on her to do my program for me. I never rely on her to do the steps for me. I never rely on her to do anything but help me navigate through the program and navigate through life because that's what true sponsorship is. Now, if I used her as my higher power, when she does something that I don't like or I don't want to hear or I don't believe is necessary or I don't believe is accurate, the first thing that that's going to do is it is going to allow me to be disappointed in her. I have never once been disappointed in my relationship with my sponsor because I have kept a very objective view of who and what her role is in my life. Is she one of my best friends? Absolutely. But do we have a friendship? Absolutely not. Not in the aspect that I have her so far up on a pedestal that if she says something to me that I don't like, that I am going to fail or she is going to fail me. Um, the other month when my husband and I had an argument, I called her and told her what was going on. And she actually advised me that I was the one who needed to apologize. She advised me that my actions, however I thought they were minute, were actually disrespectful and rude. And so I had to actually be the one to apologize. Now, had I put her in a position where she was my friend and was my best friend, I would expect her to be telling me that I was right. My husband's blowing things out of proportion. It's really not that big of a deal. He needs to get over it because that's what friends do, right? They support you. They definitely 
are there for you. They hold you up. They hold you and your heart in their in the palm of their hands and they want to be there for you and protect you. So it's hard as a best friend to stay objective. It's hard as a best friend to see your best friend hurting and not want to jump down their throat of someone who's hurting them. I am not saying that my sponsor doesn't hurt when I hurt. She does. She hurts when I hurt, but she objectively hurts. She hates that I'm going through pain, but she also knows that she can give me um, a responsibility or a response. Sorry, not responsibility. She knows that she can give me a response that will help me. She knows that she will give me a response that will be um, not only necessary, but will save me at the time. She's able to remain objective. And that is so, so important when we are in sobriety. That is so important when when we are in the throes of a panic attack, when we are in the throes of feeling like we need to use. That is so important to have that steady person in our lives who we are not codependent on or on a pedestal because that is the one person who can truly save our lives when it comes down to it. Okay, so let's talk about codependency, okay? When we are talking about codependency, it is an unhealthy relationship, okay? Codependency as a condition affects a person's ability to have healthy relationships and a condition that often is referred to as relationship addiction. This should not be a surprise to any of us. Many of us in the program are codependent. I hate to break it to you, but a lot of us are definitely codependent. Codependency can be often side one-sided and often toxic, okay? And those who are in recovery, even if we have been codependent before, we're going to continue to try to build those codependent relationships. That is why having a sponsor who is well-adjusted, who is got a ton of sobriety, is a good option because a person who is the enabler in the relationship, they are encouraging that person or allowing certain behavior, okay? They are usually passive-aggressive people. They allow things to continue to happen to them. And over time, enablers are going to lose their sense of identity to the other party. Does that make sense? The enabler actually assimilates the other person because they are so unable to separate who they are from the manipulator who is the other person in the party. Um, The manipulator is a person who struggles with addiction, usually. A manipulator will take advantage of the weaknesses of the enabler to have their way. They may be aggressive, they may be passive, depending on their personality types. I have known many aggressive manipulators, like gaslighting, manipulating personality types. They will usually prey on the weaknesses of the enabler. The manipulator can have their way. And they take in codependent relationships. They will actually seek out the people who are weak in order to make them feel loved, taken care of, 
whatever it needs to be. And unfortunately, codependency is a huge, huge threat to sobriety. So when you are getting into friendships and relationships and seeking out that higher power or um, getting a sponsor, these are things that you actually have to think about when you're doing that. Because a lot of us as addicts, we are manipulators. We are heavy, heavy manipulators. We lie, we steal, we cheat, we drive drunk, we do tons of unsavory things that we shouldn't all to get our way. And if we are looking for someone who is going to give us our way, that is not a sponsor. That is not a higher power. If we continue to seek out manipulative behavior and codependent behavior, we are not going to improve as addicts. We are not going to improve in our sobriety. So when we are looking at getting into the program, getting into recovery, finding that higher power. It is very, very important that while you seek out friendships and people that you can rely on and support you and love you, that you also realize that human beings are fallible. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to do things wrong. They are going to say things wrong. I have this group of girls um, now that I'm women, sorry, not girls, that I'm friends with now that I met through Instagram. It's so weird. Yes, more social networking relationships for me. Uh, I can't get away from it I, for whatever reason. Um, but in this aspect, these three women are completely different than the other women that I used to be friends with. We all have a lot in common and we all have a desire to stay sober and be better. That being said, those aren't the only things that we have in common, but it is a common denominator. And these three women all have a year or less of sobriety. So for me, having 12 years, I am very, very afraid of saying or doing something wrong. I am extremely scared that I could screw something up for them or give them the wrong um, information, the wrong take, the wrong thought. And so I am proceeding with a lot of caution. And one of the gals actually had a situation come up last week where she was very upset and very sad and I let her know that the situation she's in right now, as much as it hurts, I really wish that I would have done what she and the other person in her party are doing because it's really healthy. And sometimes making those healthy decisions can be very hard, can be very frustrating because when you start breaking out of the mold of codependency and lying and manipulation and hiding and healthy relationships, you realize that not only do you have pain to deal with by being in other relationships, but you no longer have a substance to back you up. And so being allowed to feel those real feelings can be very scary. 
And so for me having more sobriety, it's really important that I don't tell them what to do. I don't tell them how they should act, but I relate to them instead because we as human beings should never be in charge of another human's emotions, feelings, or sobriety. We are there to support and help and love other people where they are. And the best thing that I can do when I see someone struggling is just tell them, hey, I have been there before and I am extremely sorry that you're going through this. This is what I did and it really seemed to help. Or if I don't have any advice, I don't say shit. Because the worst thing you can do is think that you know everything and try and help someone and it can actually be hurting them. And so it's very, very important that as much as it is for us on the addict side to not manipulate, hurt, and take advantage of people, it's also very important on the recovery side that we understand that we don't have all the answers. There are people with 40, 50, 60 years of sobriety that still go to AA meetings because they don't have all the answers. That's okay. We don't need to have all the answers. What we need to do is show people how to get better and why programs and 12 steps worked for us. I don't care if it's Celebrate Recovery, Hazleton, AA, NA, or any other 12-step program. We need to be there for each other. We can't be there to do things for each other. We shouldn't be there to manipulate people. We shouldn't be there to enable people. We have to find this beautiful balance, just like in a parent-child relationship, of being able to say, no, that's not appropriate behavior, or hey, let me help you with that. I don't think that's going to help your sobriety. So I really thought that this was something that really needed to be addressed because I don't think I've ever seen in my sobriety, for me personally, a codependent relationship or codependent sponsorship and sponsee relationship, nor have I seen um, another person be pedestalized in the program, but it can happen. And if you are going to a counselor, if you are seeing a pastor, if you are using a human to be that person that you rely on, you need to really look deep inside and see how that is not helping your growth. I am not saying that you can't have friends to help you through. What I am saying is by putting another human being on a pedestal, whether it's your sponsor, counselor, pastor, whatever, your friend, I don't care. By putting that person up there for you to rely on to get you through your program, that is codependency. That is not a higher power. Humans are going to hurt you. And maybe right now they're not going to. Maybe in two weeks it's not going to happen. But those relationships are going to fall apart. Those relationships are going to leave you hurt. 
because your expectation of that person is that they are taking care of you. And when all of a sudden they can't devote their full attention or time to you, you are going to be very upset and angry and you could do a lot of backwards falling. You could go back into using. You could go back into depression, anxiety. So when we talk about having a higher power in AA, there is an entire chapter for those of you who don't have a higher power, okay? And it's chapter four on page 44 of the big book. And this is exactly what it says in there. I will read a couple of different things and I want you to just listen and relate it to your life. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. To one who feels he is an atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But continue to, as he means disaster, especially if he an alcoholic, is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to be an alcoholic or to live a spiritual basis are not always alternatives, easy alternatives to face. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed us utterly. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live And it had to be a power greater than ourselves. But where and how do we find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main objective is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will teach you to solve your problem. That means we have a well-written book, which which we believe to be the spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discover his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship, but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious, and to others the word God brought up a particular idea of him which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Therefore, we, when we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. And here it is, you guys. This applies to other spiritual expressions, which you find in this book. So when people are coming into AA and they are slapped in the face with spiritual adventure or experience and God, we need to ensure that we let them know that it doesn't have to be our God is the God of their understanding or a higher power for a lot of people for a while until they find that higher power. The program itself is the higher power. That is fine. If they never find a God, if they never find a faith, if they never find something that they consider a religious or faithful deity to give them a spiritual experience outside of AA, that is okay. That is absolutely just fine. The point is, is that we grow along spiritual lines, okay? And the spiritualness, uh, for me, of AA 
obviously I have a higher power, but the spiritualness for me is when I go to meetings and I see my friends and I see other people who are like me and I'm able to identify into a group and I'm not finding ways to identify out. I feel comfortable. I feel loved. I feel welcome. I actually have people that text me if I miss a Saturday and say, oh my God, where have you been? Or where are you? Or are you okay? Because it's so rare for me to miss a Saturday that they actually ask me where in the world I am. And that is so amazing. That to me tells me that I am doing things right. That to me tells me that I am actually making an impact on people in the right way. And that is exactly what this program is about, is helping others, being there for others, and having a spiritual experience or awakening to let the message be told through us, make our mess our message. And I know that it can be difficult to do that, but I promise you that once you start sharing and once you start allowing yourself to feel comfortable around other people and not feel like you have to manipulate the situation or find someone who is going to let you get away with A, B, C, and D, that is where your growth is really going to start. Being held accountable is one of the hardest things in the world. I am 41 years old and I have no problem being held accountable in certain aspects of my life. There are still some areas where I struggle because those are internal problems that I have and those are things that I've constantly searched for searched for validation on. Um, whether it's my takes on baseball or it's my intelligence or my ability to do a job or ability to be a parent or handle finances. There are so many things out in my life yet that I absolutely need validation for because those are things that I have never felt confident about. So those are things that I'm working on changing in my life. And I suggest that you look at a couple of things that you are changing in your life as well and need to change in your life because there's always something that we can do to improve ourselves. There is always something that we can do to be held accountable for. We are not going to make a change until we make a change. And I just really am thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for running into Robin. Um, I'm thankful for my new girl group. And you guys just really make everything so amazing for me. I keep coming back and looking at my downloads and they get stronger and they are more and frequent. And that to me is more important than actually being paid to do a podcast because I know you guys are listening and I'm making a difference in your lives. So my attitude of gratitude for this week is definitely you guys and I could not be more thankful for you than I am today. And I hope that you all have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself 
and I'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us on a Sober Girls podcast where we get together to talk about each other's experience, strength, and hope. I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today, something that you can carry with you. I really look forward to our time together. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at a sober girls pod. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at a sober girls pod and our website at a sober girls podcast.podbean.com. Till next time, be well, fam. <laughs>